Lead Squared is an amazing CRM platform for enrollment management. If you need to streamline your admissions process, increase conversions, and save some money, how about you schedule your first demo by going to leadsquared.com. You won't be disappointed. Hey guys, this is your host, Kathy Belletti, and welcome to another episode of EdUp Career Schools, The Scoop. We're taking a deep dive into how career schools have been able to inspire, support, and place their students over the years into the careers that they deserve. As a bonus, guess what? Get out that pen and paper. You're getting some free admissions tips on how to get immediate results. All right, guys, welcome back to another amazing episode of EdUp Career Schools, The Scoop. So today is a special day because despite the weather outside, we have an amazing guest today. When I say that this person's drive, passion, knowledge is like no other, let's just say leaders like him are hard to come by. With that said, Welcome, Chief Operations Officer with Swedish Institute of College of Health Sciences, Mr. Derek Ruffin. Hey, Derek. Hello, how are you? I am good. How are you doing today, Derek? I'm doing well, trying to stay warm. A lot of snow outside. Oh, yeah. Today is not one of those days, but we're about to make it better. (laughs) (laughs) So, Derek, I have one question for you. How does it feel to be the first official guest of this new spinoff? Well, um, it feels uh, great. Um, I'm very excited to be here. Um, you know, uh, you and I go way back. So when yeah. the <laughs> uh, presented itself, um, you know, of course, I was going to be here. So thank you for the invite. Ah, thank you for coming. Uh, super excited. All right. So, Derek. Let's get to it. I want everyone to know about you, because although you have an extensive background in higher education, specifically the post-secondary sector, at Swedish Institute, you went from director of admissions to chief operation officer in two years. Who does that? I need to know your secrets. (laughs) So talk to me about your history. How did you get into higher education? Well, um, you know, I started out in higher ed uh, in some form of fashion, really since the moment that I graduated, um, you know, college. I graduated college uh, in the mid to late 90s. And uh, my first opportunity um, that was given to me was working with juveniles, uh, juveniles with troubled past and helping them uh, to the road to recovery. It wasn't a juvenile detention center, but more of a second chance program. And the counselors, um, like myself, we were more of mentors than we were, you know, overseers, for lack of a better term. Wow. And um, these students had uh, opportunities to play high school sports, um, to pick a trade, whether it would be wood shop or barbershop or, um, you know, anything in the artwork or programming. Uh, and, and also an opportunity to get the high school diploma or GED. Uh, so, you know, that was my first uh, I guess, um, experience, um, you know, with you know, rehabilitation or second chances or, or really just trying to help the youth, uh, you know, redefine their future. Uh, and wow. while there, I was given an opportunity to be um, an admissions counselor in Pennsylvania, uh, and they needed someone or wanted someone um, that would go into the uh, inner city Philadelphia schools 
and really work with those that might not have been on track to go to your traditional four-year schools, um, but needed some sort of trade or uh, education so they could be productive members of society. And mm-hmm. I would say that was my first um, segue into what we know now as post-secondary um, mm-hmm. education. And, you know, from that point forward, uh, it's just kind of built upon itself, um, you know, get, getting to New York. Um, being promoted uh, from assistant director to director to regional, um, you know, vice president of operations and and then where I'm at now. So uh, I appreciate the accolades, but this has been 21 to 22 years in the making. Oh yeah, most definitely. Let me ask you this. What would you say were some of the challenges when you first broke into higher education? Well, um, you know, when, when I first got into higher education, um, the challenges was just the competition of, of schools out there. Um, you know, it, it, there wasn't much in the way of challenges because, you know, I think back then students saw um, those types of schools as an opportunity to do something because they did not see themselves in the four-year uh, institutions. Mm-hmm. You know, for some students thrive in the larger class settings, um, lecture style, um, very self-motivated, um, and they grasp you know, um, what they're getting from the instructor. Um, these types of students meet with their advisors maybe once a semester. Sometimes it could be once an academic year. I found that the students that we were servicing um, did not do well in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. And they needed someone uh, to guide them as to what the next steps were, uh, what their future could look like. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really serves as, as two parts. Um, the first part is is giving them an opportunity to do something at their learning level. And I think that's something that we don't use enough of is identifying students at their learning level. Uh, and the second one is letting them believe that it can happen. Absolutely. In Absolutely. these instances, Kathy, real quick, in these instances, some students, we're the first ones uh, that have a vision beyond their current circumstance. So to meet with an admissions representative or to meet with uh, you know, an academic advisor at some of these schools, we give them vision beyond their current circumstance and show them uh, opportunities that maybe they wouldn't otherwise see. Absolutely. And this is why I always say to advisors, when it comes to communicating with these types of students, it's so important that they listen because our student is different. And a lot of times when it comes to their family and friends, they're not always the support system. Sometimes they're the enablers, you know, the ones that's really caused it, telling them, you know what, what are you doing going to school right now? You have three kids. Who do you think is watching them? Not me, <laughs> you know? So now it, it, it forces them to kind of fall back and say to themselves, you know what, I'm not ready. Maybe this is not a good fit for me. But guess who's the ones that's pushing them? The advisors, the staff at these career schools. So you are absolutely on point with that. Perfect. Okay, so in your current role right now, talk to me about that because I know that um, you've been in this role for about a year now, right? Yes, about a year. Okay, so what was the transition like? Uh, it was tough. Um, you know, I'm 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 being very uh, you know very transparent. It was mm-hmm. tough. You know, you uh, in in an admissions role, whether vice president or you know just in over one department. Um, you know, it's really single focus, um, you know, which is, you know, making sure that the student experience uh, is top notch, 
making sure that the students are you know, in the right program uh, and also making sure that the transition from not being in school to being in school is mm -hmm. as seamless as possible. Um, but when you take on an operations role, you know, it, it, it's all encompassing. Um, mm -hmm. It is your student experience on the front end. Um, it's uh, affordability uh, conversations. It's the student experience for your continuing students. Uh, you know, it's the transition, not just from um, not being a student to being a student, but also the transition of making sure your students are prepared from graduation to entering the workforce. Uh, you know, the, the education that we provide, I like to say, are the hard skills. Um, but I think sometimes what get lost is the soft skills uh, that also needs to be uh, taught throughout their coursework, uh, because that's what's going to give them longevity uh, mm -hmm. once, they, once they become employed. So um, I will say the first uh, 90 days were probably the most challenging uh, because you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and um, you know, as you understand what goes on in its entirety uh, to run a, a school and a successful school, um, you know, it gives me a different appreciation for those that were doing it long before I had. Wow, that's awesome. You know what, you brought up a really good point just now, Derek, when you were referring to soft skills. I think so many times when it comes to our students, they're thinking as soon as they get on their externship or internship site, or if they get hired, all of a sudden these good habits are going to switch on when you turn it on, right? But what they don't realize is that bad habits breed bad habits. I remember one of the schools that I was working at, you had a you had a couple of students who were consistently on their cell phones. And when we were doing workshops, we used to say to them, what are you doing? This is actually a career services meeting. Why are you on your cell phone? Oh, well, when I get to my site, I'm going to stop. Do you know what happened to that student? As soon as she got on her site, she took the same bad habits with her. And the doctor actually called the school and was complaining, saying to, you know, um, the career services department, these students are always on their cells. I don't understand. Patients are coming in. They're not paying attention. And some of our students don't understand that you have to practice good habits from the very beginning. And a lot of sites are looking for more soft skills nowadays, you know, being able to respect one another, being able to communicate effectively with customers. But that's one point that we really need to do better at when it comes to driving those points home to our students. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Derek, as you know, you know, career schools have not always been the number one pick for a lot of people, you know, and we've been under scrutiny for a while for various reasons. I would say, you know, a couple of apples could spoil people's perception of the entire tree. Now, there are a lot of myths out there about career schools, but there's tons of benefits in how we actually serve our students. So can you talk to me about some of the myths that you have heard when it comes to career schools? Oh, wow. Um, there's, so many. <laughs> there's, there's so, so many myths. Um, you know, Kathy, what, what I will say, I think, I think a few of the myths, I, you know, the two that come right to mind, mm -hmm. uh, number one is, is that the school, uh, schools are money driven. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and number two is that we are trying to convince, um, you know, your traditional student to come to our schools. And, um, you know, there's so many other myths that, that, uh, that you could, you could touch on, but those are the two that I feel are most important. And, you know, just to, to address them, you know, number one, 
we're not competing for the traditional student. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we have a certain population of students that need the kind of attention to detail. Um, they, they need the instructor uh, to have, you know, after class workshops, um, you know, the, the extra help. But also the programs that we offer are more skill specific. Mm-hmm. And if you notice now, a lot of the community colleges are trying to adopt some of the same programs that our career schools have been teaching for many, many years because they understand that these types of educational programs are necessary. Mm-hmm. But, but my rebuttal to that is if you teach these programs in the same format that you're teaching your other programs, it's still not going to benefit the student and the type of student that come to career schools in the first place. So now what we've been seeing happening is a lot of these students, they, they choose these community colleges uh, to take these quote unquote skill programs, right? Like your HVAC or like your medical assisting. Mm-hmm. And it's taught in the, ver- in the very traditional manner where most of the education is, is on your own. There's lecture in, in the classroom, but the rest of it is done on your own. And these students can't follow and they end up coming back to the career schools in the first place, in the second place, excuse me. Um, so again, the benefit in my mind is we, this is our lane. This is what we've been doing for many, many years. You know, we have the resources, uh, you know, we have the instructors that care about the students and the student's success. But most importantly, uh, we're measured on the outcomes. And, and some of the traditional mm-hmm. schools are not measured the way that the, um, the, the, uh, the career schools are measured. There's a certain percentage of students that have to graduate. There's a certain percentage of students that we have to place. So because of that, we have much more in the way of resources uh, for these students to make sure that we teach them at their learning level. Uh, and, and the second thing that I'll speak to is just that it's, you know, it's, it's money driven. And, and you, know, we, you know as well as I do, we're not mm-hmm. subsidized um, by anybody. Uh, so all of the tuition is poured back into the school to create these surgical technology labs, um, these uh, massage therapy labs, these nursing labs, and to make sure that we have all of the necessary supplies to teach the students so they can pass these exams to become employable upon graduation. If you're looking for a CRM that's easy to use, allows you to streamline your entire admissions process so you never have to worry about leads slipping through the cracks ever again, check out leadsquared.com. Now, I've used LeadSquare as well, and it's very user-friendly and creates an amazing student experience. Get higher sales productivity from all of your teams on one single platform. Book your special demo by going to leadsquared.com and take your school to the next level. Absolutely. And you know what, that's one of the major reasons why I'm so passionate about um, career education, because I was that student. You know, I started off in a traditional school. And quite frankly, after a couple of semesters, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm back in high school, because sometimes you have to go through all these remedial classes, or sometimes prerequisites to get into, you know, your major, and I have a very short attention span, I have to be doing something, teach me how to do it, and then ask me to perform. So after a couple of semesters, I got out of there. And guess where I ended up? The Wright Institute of Technology over Mm -hmm. 15 years ago. And I would never forget, I went over this in my first episode, but 
Felix was my advisor. And you know, if you remember someone's name after 15 years, they made an impact. <laughs> you know, and I remember Felix went the extra mile to make sure that I was able to start school in a couple of days. He asked me the right questions. When I started off at the college, it was just a matter of enroll. Okay, here's your start date, right? So it's really different for me to sit in front of an advisor and you're asking me about my goals and what I like to do in my free time and things that I'm passionate about. I'm like, huh? But you know what? That's how he was able to peer the perfect program for me. And in three years, I graduated my bachelor's degree. And mm -hmm. from that time, that's when I said, you know what? This is what I want to do because Felix provided that opportunity for me. And now I want to dedicate my career so, you know, providing that same opportunity for students and never left 15 years later, here I still am <laughs> doing the same thing. <laughs> but, you know, I definitely agree with your myths because um, commission driven, oh my gosh, that's one thing you hear all the time. I've had students say to my face, look, I already know that you're getting paid commission off of me. Yeah, I wish, but um, <laughs> no, right. that's not the case. And then what you also hear is enroll, 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 but never place anyone. Right. All right. So yes, there's a couple of schools that were doing some students dirty back in the days. But you know right. what? The majority of these schools, I've worked in so many different places side by side with career services. And when I say these people are on the phone all day, back to back, talking to all different employers and really selling these students to them, they go over and beyond to make sure that these students are placed because they're passionate about what they do. And I've saddened with them when they're interviewing these students and they're like, let me tell you something. If you go in there and you say that, or you look like this, you're not getting hired. That is not from someone who doesn't care and who's just there for a paycheck. They genuinely care about these students. So that's why I'm super passionate about career education. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you, I want to piggyback on something that you said just mm -hmm. now. And, um, you know, it, it, they're back to back, you know, trying to place these students. But, you know, what about the employers that call us for your graduates? Right? Oh, yeah. we, we, we had this student. They were fantastic. Do you have any more students just like that? And, you know, that doesn't get published. You, you have yeah. one or two bad apples mm -hmm. uh, and that makes the headlines. But the hundreds and thousands of students that graduate that was not in the, uh, the best situation, um, you know, 18 months ago, 24 months ago, that are now productive, you know, hardworking, taxpaying members of society. Mm -hmm. None of that gets published. So I'm glad you brought that up, uh, especially for the placement side. They, oh, they, yeah. they work everyone focuses on the admission side, but it's just as hard or if not harder on the back end, again, because there is a, a benchmark um, of students that we have to place that, again, does not get talked about very often. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's why when I'm meeting with admissions teams, I try to drive the point home that after the enrollment, it doesn't end. You have so many instructors that say, you know what, if in fact they have a post, admissions enrolls them. <laughs> but you know, sometimes this is why um, training when it comes to the admissions team is so important because they have to understand once these students enroll, guess who now has to deal with them? Academics. 
Yes. Academics has to make sure that these students are capable of learning, but now career services has to ensure that they're placeable. And so this is why all departments have to work together for the benefit of the school, but most important, that student who just made that huge investment <laughs> into their education. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And it's a perfect segue into the benefits of career schools. So here's what's important to understand, which I don't think a lot of people really get it. There is a huge difference in a lot of cases when it comes to our traditional student and our career student. So when you talk about traditional, a lot of times it's, you know, students coming out of high school, they already know I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a CPA, I want to be a doctor, and I'm choosing this university or this college because my entire family went there. I know when they start class, I'm already enrolled in my financial aid, you know, a lot of times that's the traditional. But when it comes to the career student, it's a little different because uh, career students can range anywhere from the high school student too, but into, you know, people who are well into their career. So they may be looking for an upgrade. They may be looking for a total change of pace. The mm -hmm. problem is sometimes they have no idea how to go from A to B. You know, there's a, there's a lot of false perceptions in their mind that comes into play. Fear of I haven't been to school for so long. Am I going to be able to succeed? Financial aid, I'm working part-time. Am I going to be able to afford this? There's so many false beliefs within their mind. So it takes a little bit more work <laughs> when it comes to the career student. And you have to make sure that you're asking those discovery questions that you're really digging to find out well, where do you see yourself? You know, what's the type of environment you see yourself working in? What do you want for your life? What does the future look like for you? And then you're able to pair what their need is to what your school can actually offer. And I think that once people start to realize the difference and when it comes to the admissions team, if they realize who the career student is, it's gonna be so much easier for them to communicate with them and enroll quality students who's actually gonna start, retain, and then graduate, you know? Graduate. <laughs> so uh, how about you? What are some benefits that you would say um, career students actually bring to the table? Yeah, you know, again, great question. You know, I, I think you touched on um, a lot of them. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I think the benefits of what the school have for the students, uh, again, is just the amount of resources. You know, uh, we 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 help you on the front end with an interview. You know, part of part of the acceptance process is an interview uh, with an admissions counselor. Uh, it's very thorough in most cases. Um, we call it, you know, like you said, the discovery questions, trying to identify the why. Uh, and, and, and why now? Not just why you're looking to make a change, but why mm -hmm. now? Um, and then, you know, once that decision is made, uh, we also have financial aid advisors that, that walk them through the process. So this isn't a situation where they say, okay, you want to go to school X, great. Make sure your, your FAFSA is in by such and such a time. Uh, we actually have one-on-one -on -one opportunities for you to sit with the financial aid advisor, ask your questions, uh, really get to understand what it is that you're, you're, you know, you're taking out in financial aid and how you're gonna pay for school. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have you meet with, you know, if not the dean, uh, you take a tour to really dig into what you're going to be learning. Uh, again, it's one thing to read a piece of paper and to you know, hear all the wonderful things that you're gonna do upon graduation. But the question is, can I get there? 
And what are the resources that you're going to provide me to make sure that I get there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I think those are a lot of the benefits uh, leading up to the most important thing, which is the career placement. And, you know, this is maybe the third or fourth time we've talked about it. Uh, you, these students are going to school to have a career. And, 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 and that's just, you know, no one's going to school just because they enjoy going to school. They're going to school <laughs> <always> because, that. <laughs> because they want a career. Uh, so the biggest benefit that I'm going to say is these, you know, career driven school or, or um, you know, the, the private sector, we are driven toward making sure that students that complete the program can actually have a career. Um, and we provide the resources to make sure that they can, they can get there. And I think the students bring a passion of mm-hmm. wanting to change their current situation. Um, there's, there's usually a need, you know, very seldom um, do we get the student that comes in and say, hey, my mom went here or my dad went here and, and mm-hmm. they suggested that I go here. You know, that happens, but it's not, you know, the norm. The norm is there's a pain point and I really want to change this pain point. Can you help me out? Uh, and for me, and, and, you know, this, I think, gets overutilized um, and underrecognized graduation of the students that say, do you remember when I sat in your office 18 months ago? is that is the most rewarding thing uh, that I, ca- I can't even express to you what that means to me. Uh, and, and other advisors that do it for the right reason, mm-hmm. when these students graduate and their parents say thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was a loaded response. And there's so many things within there. The, the last thing that you said about the graduates, that was one of the reasons where I got excited all over again. Um, to be in higher education, specifically career schools, because my students, at some point, I felt like they were stalking me. When I was an advisor, I feel like I couldn't get away from them. When I was on the train, someone is tapping me saying, hey, Miss Kathy, remember me? I'm working at this medical office right now. I'm in church, and the person in front of me turns around because they hear my voice, and I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) I cannot get away from these students, but you know what? That's what keeps bringing me back to why I love doing what I love doing. Because to see a student come into the school for the very first time and they're thinking to themselves, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. My mom is not supportive. There's no way she's going to support this decision. And I really want to do this. I screwed up so many times. I don't think I have the confidence. But then you see them walk across the stage on graduation day. And then you see them, they keep um, emailing you because they're having such an amazing time at the place that career services was able to get them into. You know, it just brings that point back home over and over. And one thing that you said earlier, pain point, this is where a lot of people miss it all the time. I always tell advisors, if you ask the question, why do you want to be in healthcare? The generic response, oh, because I want to help people. I said, that's not, that's not a reason. <laughs> Go be a cop or a firefighter if you want to help people, but that's not an answer. And that why now, they have to drive that point home. A prospect saying to you, oh, because I think now is the time, that's not good enough. Like you said before, no one wakes up one morning and goes, oh, I'm about to go invest thousands of dollars into school. Come on, no one likes school (laughs) for the most part, right? But there's something going on in everyone's life at this point in time that's causing them to say, I need to do something different. 
Right. And that pain point, those emotions is what really causes people to take action. And that's what we unfold, <laughs> you know, when it comes to career education. So thank you so much for those points, Derek. All right. So Derek, let's talk about Swedish. Like what is the future of Swedish? What's in store for you guys? Oh, um, I think that's a loaded question. Uh, we're really <laughs> excited. Uh, you know, uh, clearly the pandemic um, caught everybody off guard. You know, we, yeah. we were coming out of a very strong 2019 and, and really uh, started 2020, um, you know, right on track. Uh, and then, you know, just like that, the entire world went remote. And, um, you know, we, we are what they call an Apple distinguished school. So even before the pandemic, uh, you know, most of our students, uh, they learn on iPads. Um, and the, the courses are uploaded on iPads. And, you know, I can't, I can't explain to you how wonderful that is um, for the students because you actually can remove muscle and tissue from a skeleton with just the pinch to zoom feature and the oh, different wow. layers, absolutely, the different layers um, of how the, the human body is made up uh, makes it much easier to learn because you're, you're learning it, but then you can see it and then you can remove and, and, and replace it. So uh, my point being for us to go virtual, um, it was really not as difficult because our students already had the devices. Uh, so we had a very, very strong uh, 2020 and then uh, a hybrid version in 2021. So um, we are one of the lucky ones that were able to not just maintain um, you know, our population, but grow. Uh, and one of the reasons that we were able to grow, Kathy, is because, you know, we specialize in healthcare. Mm. Uh, you know, we have uh, a nursing program that is degree granting, uh, that's 20 months. Uh, we have a surgical technology program that's degree granting, that's 21 months. Uh, we have a massage therapy program that is also degree granting that can range between 21 and 32 months. Uh, and then we also have a medical assisting program uh, that is degree granting. Um, as well as a certificate program for medical assisting and medical billing and coding. So oh, wow. uh, with, with having um, so many options within the medical field and then the demand being so high in the medical field uh, due to the pandemic, um, we've been uh, pretty successful, pretty solid um, in the past year and a half, two years, you know, as we progress through this pandemic. And Right now, with the uncertainty, you know, we're, we're still learning, right, mm -hmm. like everybody. So, you know, we, we offer a hybrid version um, where you're, you know, you're, you're, your typical English and, and psychology classes, we do remote and where available, uh, the clinical classes are, are done on site. So, you know, we're very, very excited about where we are right now. We're introducing some new programs uh, that I can't speak about yet because we're waiting on um, final approval, but super excited uh, about that. Uh, and, 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 you know, we're waiting to see what 2022 has in store for us. That is so awesome. I think the key word is preparation <laughs> because so many schools were affected when it came to the pandemic and they weren't prepared and schools were closed for months. And there's so many schools that I talked to that are still trying to dig them themselves, um, you know, out of the hole, but you guys were prepared. And a lot of that has to do with thinking outside the box ahead of time, because anything can happen at any point in time. Right. And I always say, well, forget thinking outside the box. Think like there's no box at all. I don't think genius marketing says that all the time. 
think like there is no box and that's how nothing can really affect you. Be prepared at all times. So that is amazing to hear what you guys are doing over there. Okay. So, last but not least, Derek, what are your thoughts on the future of career education? Oh, you know, um, I definitely think there's always going to be a place um, for career education. Um, always, always, always. Um, everyone has their own learning style. Uh, and, and I'm going to say this, and, and, and it's been a theme in what we've spoken about today. Mm-hmm. You know, traditional students learn in traditional environments. Um, you know, career-focused students learn in career-focused environments. And I just believe, you know, we are not going to try and teach our students like the four-year schools teach. And, you know, I believe the four-year schools shouldn't try to teach our students like we do. This is our area. We do it very well. We've been doing it for quite a long time. And we've uh, graduated uh, thousands of successful graduates into different career fields. Um, And I just feel like we're going to continue to do that. And like anything, you're going to have your ebbs and flows. But I believe that there's always going to be um, a population of learners and future students that see our sector as valuable for what they're looking for. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I mean, think about it. If only career schools exist, what happens to the traditional student and vice versa, you know? So everyone stays in their lane, you know, it all starts with knowing who you're talking to in the first place and being able to adjust accordingly to meet their need. So any last words for our listeners, Derek? Well, um, you know, just always pursue your dreams. Um, you know, it's never too late. Uh, you know, your past is always your past. And the further you get away from it, it no longer defines you. And, um, you know, I would say that uh, to anyone, um, you know, whether it's someone looking to uh, go to school or someone in their professional ventures, uh, I've been in this sector for 21 years. Uh, and, you know, it, just in the past three to five years, have I experienced a different level um, of success uh, than I had maybe the first 15 to 16 years? And I have to own every bit of it. So my advice to others is never let your past define you. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, it doesn't hurt to ask. Absolutely. I love that. So guys, there you have it. Uh, Derek, I want to thank you for joining us today. Okay. I know that you are going to be an inspiration to anyone who tunes into this episode and that you will continue to be an inspiration to those who get the pleasure of working side by side with you. So thank you so much once again, Derek, for joining us. And I hope you come back again. Thank you so much for having me anytime. All right. Awesome. All right. Take care, Derek. Thank you. Hey, hey, guys. So thank you for listening to another episode of Ed Up Career School's The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. If you love what you hear, don't be afraid to like and share. Feel free to follow me on LinkedIn, or you can visit my website at lessons.motivatewithkat.com to learn more about how I help career schools grow. Head on over to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content. Leave us a rating, but don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. Until then, live life 100% you.